Father, we worship you this morning. We love you, Lord. We adore you this morning. You are the, the one, altogether all wonderful, altogether lovely, altogether adorable one. The one that's called us by name from eternity. You stepped in and you dragged us out the miry clay. You purse on a rock, Lord, to stay. Oh, glory to your blessed name, Jesus. There is none like you. You are a healer, a deliverer from the beginning to the end. You're an author of our faith, the finisher, the perfecter of all things. Glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is a wonderful atmosphere of just praise and adoration in this house. Hallelujah. This is a sort of atmosphere where you don't have to wait for someone to lay hands on you, you can just enter into all what God has for you. If you just allow yourself, if you just release yourself and dare to come into his presence this morning. Praise the Lord. He is wonderful. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. It's worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord God, for what you are doing in this house. Hallelujah. Now I just want to just, I feel this. <laughs> Often you find there's a particular direction God leads you in. But sometimes he doesn't give you the full picture always, does he? But you get an idea of what he has for your life. I don't know about you, you get kind of an idea and then you go with it, and the more you go, the more it opens up to you. Have you ever been like that? This is what the journey of faith like. We was looking at Abraham, and God gave him detail, but he didn't give him all the detail, and he continued to reveal more and more as he went his way. And that's what it's like with our walk. We have to go, and as we go our way, God begins to, with the landscape, the horizon becomes more clear. You know, when you're on a journey, you can see so much, and then you continue, and then you see that much more. But that's the journey of faith. That's what it's like. Um, but I believe the Lord wants to, me to focus on the anointing this morning. And the anointing is a very interesting, interesting subject. Because I just want to first to differentiate between the anointing, how it operated in the old to the new. Because there is some difference there. There's a distinction. It's the same God. It's the same spirit. But there's a, there is a distinction between the two. In the Old, we see in the Old Testament, we see um, that God came upon particular people, particular times for a particular purpose. In specific ways. He came upon people. Generally speaking, God came upon people by his spirit. So that's what we're talking about. We talk about the anointing. We're talking about the presence of God to achieve a particular task in particular, because we often talk about the Holy Spirit, and we talk about wonderful counsel and all them things. But when we're talking about the anointing, the anointing is the Spirit of God. However, it's there for an assignment. It's there for a particular reason. And it comes upon an individual to perform something that God wants them to do. In the New Testament, however, we see the anointing doesn't just come upon, but it's within. And you see that in um, 1 John, in 1 John 2, 27. We're not going to go there because I'm just going to skim over a few things uh, just for now. But in 1 John 2, 27, John the Apostle says the anointing is within us 
and the anointing teaches us. This is new covenant, so it's slightly different. And every person who is a born-again believer has the anointing of God within them. We have to be clear about that. The anointing's within. The Holy Spirit comes within us. We, ha- we all have an anointing. We all have an anointing from God. That's, that's something I just want to just, just, just make clear to you. Um, but I'm looking at judges because there's two particular people that I just want to look at this morning. And one's Samson and the other one is um, David, King David, because David was anointed to be king. Samson, however, that come previously to that, before that period of time, in the times of judges where there was no king in Israel, Saul was the first king, he come later. Then secondly, it was David. But in the time of the judges, there was a guy called uh, Samson. And an angel visited his mother, come, said you're going to have a child called Samson, etc., etc. He's going to deliver, begin to deliver the people of Israel, your, uh, the people of God, from the Philistines' oppression. Okay? This is in 1 Samuel uh, 13, uh, all the way through to 14, you see the final story of Samson. So God anointed Samson, but Samson was set apart for God. In his mother's womb, the angel said that you, you, you're not to touch any alcohol. You're not to have uh, the, the hair cut. He's not to have no razor on his head. And there's a reason why this, because he was going to be a Nazarite. And it's a voluntary service to God where someone's life would be dedicated. And Nazarite was dedicated. They dedicated themselves to God. And they, they, they made this vow before the Lord. So they'd set their life to one side. They'd set their life apart. And this is what we call consecr- consecr- consecration. They were consecrated for the service of God. That God had called a particular person to achieve a task. And he had anointed him to perform this. And he anointed Samson with great and mighty strength. I mean, if you read the story of Samson, it's amazing. The anointing come upon Samson one time, and he tore a lion into bits with his his hands, with his bare hands. I mean, what an incredible anointing. Can you imagine that? The anointing gives you great strength in your life. It is the power of God to perform the will of God in your life. I can't stand here if it wasn't for the anointing that God has put upon my life. I stand in the anointing. The anointing is the strength and the empowerment of God. When we went out on the street the other day, we were sharing the Gospels openly in the street and I was thinking there's no way on earth I would be able to do this without the empowerment from God. God empowers you to do what you need to do. You don't do it alone and it's funnily enough the Bible goes into detail in in, uh, Samuel 14 it says the Spirit of the Lord this is verse um, 5 just going down from 5 sorry we'll just start just before that in verse 5, yeah, just halfway through the verse, it says, Now to this surprise, this is chapter 14, verse 5, Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring out against him. This is Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he tore the, the lion apart with his bare, bare hands like he, like he would a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. And this is the thing with the anointing. There's great power. And you don't need to aid the the anointing with things. He didn't need a sword. He didn't need a spear. He didn't need some kind of assistance. But he had the power and the presence of God on his life. God anointed him with great strength. 
And he would go on to do incredible feats because of this strength. He would kill a thousand people with a jawbone of an ass. He would slay the Philistines, the enemies of Israel. I mean, that's an amazing thing, isn't it? Can you imagine that? He was an incredibly strong man because of what God had put upon his life. No razor would, to be, be, uh, would cut his hair. He was dedicated to the Lord because of this instruction from, from God to his mother. And he had put himself almost like to one side for the purposes of God. And I believe this is a key. If we are going to walk in the anointing and live in that anointing, and we all have it, it cannot be taken from you. The anointing can't be taken from you. No one can take the anointing from you. God has put an anointing on our lives. No one can take the anointing from you. But sometimes in our life we face obstacles and the anointing can be hindered in some way through obstacles. And Samson had an obstacle, didn't he? And we all know about Samson's obstacle. Samson's uh, obstacle um, was Delilah. And we all have a Delilah in one way or another somewhere in our lives. And Delilah was sent to Samson. And she was sent by the Philistines to entice him to tell her, tell her the secret of his great strength so that she would know. And because um, Samson's a man, he'd become a bit weak in this area and he succumbed to her enticement. Is that a real word? I'm not sure. But she tried to woo him. She tried to uh, pester him. She tried to nag him. She, she pressed him and pressed him and pressed him to give over the secret of his anointing. And then it talks about, uh, let's go to the verse. This is in uh, chapter, six, uh, uh, chapter 16 of Judges. And it says, It come to pass that she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him, so that his soul was vexed to death, and that she told her, that he told her all that was in her heart. And he said, no razor has ever come upon my head. And I've been a Nazarite of God from my mother's womb. If I, have, if I am shaven, then the strength will leave me. And I shall become weak. Like any other man. Hallelujah. And you see this. As Christians, we need to be careful... And I think there's, 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 there's a line to be drawn between what we have as Christians, but what we need to protect also as Christians. Because I know that I'm kept by the power of God. I'm kept by the power of God. And kept by his anointing. Hallelujah. But on the other hand, we need to be careful from this enticement, this pestering from the enemy that tries to come. The, enemy's, the enemy of God's people, he tries to come. And he tries to get us to expose our hearts sometimes to the wrong things, to the wrong people. It might be what you look at, it might be what you're watching, it might be what you do. He cannot take the anointing from your life, but he tries to take the strength out of the Christian's life. And the strength is in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's in the anointing. But it's coupled with the purposes of God. So as we lay ourselves to one side, as we give ourselves over to the purposes of the Lord... The anointing begins to flow out of our lives. It's coupled with our destiny. And this is what I'm trying to say to you. There's destiny. There's, there's a harmony between your purpose and the anointing. 
They're together. They complement one another. They're together. They're not separate. The anointing has a purpose for your life. So Samson, we know the story. Samson fell asleep and Delilah cut his hair. And he realized in the morning that he'd lost his strength. He'd lost his strength. In some ways, it's a sad story. But there's this glimmer of hope that you find right towards the end of the chapter. It says in 22, however, the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Hallelujah. There's times in your life that you might feel like you've lost your strength. There's times in your life where you've been enticed, where you've been, where you've been drawn into something and you know it hasn't been good. You've been focused on the wrong thing. You might have exposed your heart to something and it may have hurt you, it may have damaged you. But the anointing hasn't left you. And the anointing will never leave you. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Now when you consider David, for example, this is, uh, if we fast track in history, we go to the time of David, and Saul was the first king. David um, was his, uh, 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 David, David followed Saul. And David was also anointed. David was also anointed. And if you look in 1 Samuel 16, because I just want to just focus on something here. Read, let's read um, 1 Samuel, we're looking at 16. And this is Samuel's, he's sent to David, he's sent to anoint um, David. And it said, and Samuel said to Jesse, send, bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. So he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy looking, with bright eyes, good looking, and the Lord said, arise and anoint him, this is the one. Then Samuel took a horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came down upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah. Now this is where you see David uh, being anointed. And Samuel had gone through, just previously to this, he had gone through his brothers, and the Lord said, no, not that one, not that one, not that one. No, have you got any more sons? Yeah, there's one at the back, tending to the sheep. Yeah, bring him forward. This is the one. So, you see, God, through history, has his man. He has his man. Um, it wasn't the, 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 the person that people suspected, but nonetheless, David had chosen, sorry, the Lord had chosen David. But God had to empower David for the task ahead, and David was anointed to be king. There was a supernatural ability to perform the leadership role of a king which is multifaceted. There must have been so, so much responsibility. Can you imagine as a king? There were so many things to take care of. But the point is that God had placed something special upon David to do that other people could not do. And this is the thing. In our lives, we may all have an anointing. We all got an anointing. But our, our anointing that we have, the presence of God working in through our lives, is distinct from one another. It is different. 
in a way. It's the same spirit of God, but it has a different operation. It has a different function. It has a different work to be performed in our lives. I cannot fit and sit within someone else's shoes, so to speak. You have to work through this life with God, with what God has given you inside. And this is so, so, so important for the Christian life. It's being comfortable, in a sense, with what God has given you and the task he's given you to perform. It's a wonderful thing to know that God has empowered you. He's not just told you, but he's also given you the power to perform what he wants to perform through your life. And he empowered David, the anointing come on, to serve his people and to lead his, his people. So here you see two people. You see Samson and you see, you see David. Two completely different. We see the anointing, but it's manifested in two different ways. Praise the Lord. But if you look a couple of... Uh, the, 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 if you turn the page, you see in the, next, in the next chapter, you've got chapter 16. In chapter 17, you see this huge giant called Goliath. Now, we're all feeling familiar with the, with the story of David and Goliath. We've learnt it since uh, Sunday school. We all know the story. But interestingly enough, God anoints someone and then they're faced with a challenge. And you just see the same pattern with Samson. God anointed Samson and he was faced with a challenge. The challenge was Delilah. God anoints David and now he's faced with Goliath. Once you get anointed and once you know the presence of God in your life, be sure there's a challenge that's ahead of you. But the challenge is never supposed to defeat you. It's always there to promote you in God's economy. That's the way God works. It's never going to take you out. It's only going to excel you. It's only going to take you forward. It's only going to go, you're going to go further than you've ever been before. Hallelujah. But as you see that David's faced with this, this huge giant, all the armies of Israel are quaking in their boots. They're, they're, they take a stand back and they're thinking, how on earth are we going to take on this dude? He's absolutely massive. He's breathing threats against the armies of Israel. He's, he, he's absolutely massive. He's, the, he's, their, he's their top man. He's their warrior. He's the giant. He's the champion. He's Goliath. And you see Saul here, Saul here is probably really panicking. If I can imagine thinking, what on earth are we going to do now? David steps up to the plate. People are saying, you can't go. How can you go? You're just a shepherd's boy. But David has an anointing from God to face what he faces. And Saul, interestingly enough, if we look in verse 38, we're looking at chapter 17, it says, so Saul, this is interesting, now watch this. Actually, we'll go from 37, 1737. It says, moreover, 1 Samuel 13, 1 Samuel 17, 37. It says, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So David had a track record of what God had performed through his life. And I can tell you the strength, this is a personal testimony, the strength that God has given me, it is built upon previous successes. It's built upon previous successes. If I look back over my life, I can see the hand of God moving me forward. 
promoting me, pushing me on. I can look back and see God's hand of faithfulness. It's a sure thing. It's something that I step on to get to the next stage that I need to be on. I know the same God of my past is the God of the future. I have confidence in his word when he says, never leave me nor forsake me. I know it's true. And that's the power that I stand in. There's great power and confidence with your walking God as you begin to look back and see the ongoing testimony over your life. It's a wonderful thing. And that's the confidence that I stand in. I know that God has called me and he hasn't left me just to get on with it. He's actually living through me and he's given me power to perform his service, his will. So in verse 38, this is interesting because Saul clothed David. We'll go from 38. So Saul clothed David in his armour and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armour and tried to walk. For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk in these. I have not tested them. So David took them off. So here's Saul giving his armour over to this little lad. Must have been massive. He must have been clunking around. Clunk, clunk, clunk. I don't know if it's medieval, you know, I could just picture all the arm, but I don't think it's like that. But you can imagine it being too big, drowning in someone else's armour. See, David wasn't designed to sit inside Saul's armour. David had an anointing of his own to live in. But how easy is it, is, it, is it for our own lives that we try to put on something that's not really us? Have you ever put on something that's not really you? You might have been looking at something. You might have been watching another Christian thinking, I'd just love to be like that person. I want to do that. But that's not always the best thing for your life. You're not supposed to be like somebody else. If it doesn't fit, take it off. If it doesn't fit your life, take it off. Don't try to be like someone else. The power of God's anointing is enough. It's enough for you. Just like Samson, he never had the weapons. He never had the saw, he never had the bow. But the power with the power of God. He tore apart a lion with his bare hands. Now David couldn't wear Saul's armour. He couldn't fit in his shoes. He had anointing fit for his purpose, for the king of Israel. You too have an anointing that fits your size. Hallelujah. That fits your life, that fits your purpose, that fits your call. It fits you. Don't try to fit in someone else's anointing. Don't try to fit into someone else's calling. You've got an anointing from God and be true to that anointing and that call that God's given you. That's where your power is. That's where the life flows from. That's where you can stand in confidence and know that God has given me something special. It's something exceptional. It's something of excellence. I see sometimes, I see things. One of the things the anointing does in my life, the presence of God, it opened my eyes. I remember those things that I used to do that were no good, but when I come to know the Lord, my eyes could see. And suddenly I could see things that I never saw before. I see things that were wrong that, that, that 
I shouldn't be doing and things around my family that, not in a negative sense, but it just illuminated my path. I could suddenly see clearly. And suddenly there's a change of vision. There's a change of heart. And that's what happens when God's Spirit comes into your life. There's a change of direction. There's a release. God doesn't want you just to fit in. He wants you to be a part of his plan and his call. I was never supposed to fit in. I was always supposed to be unique in him. I wasn't called to just be a part of something, but I was called to be a part of what he destined me to be. And so are you. And so are you. And so are you. Oh, but the precious anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about the blood that washes and the anointing that anoints. It's talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit on your life. You are unique and you're wonderfully unique. Don't ever try to copy someone else and be like them. Know that what you have is what sets you, sets you apart for what he's got for you. So if you're clunking, take off your armour. Because there's a suit that fits your life, that fits your calling. It's fit for purpose. The anointing that you have is fit for purpose. Now, some people can receive from other people's anointings, and that's, that's true. You know, we can pray and we can minister like that, and that's very true. But there's something totally unique about what God has given you. Search it out with all your heart. And where there's an area of excellence, where there's something that you couldn't do before, where there's something that's exceptional about your life that you find yourself entering into. When I was a new, when, as a new Christian, I started to realise there were gifts deposited in my life that were unexplainable. I didn't really understand it, but now I know it was the presence of God in my life that I couldn't do before. That's a good sign sometimes that God has given you something that's a good sign that they have a purpose. They have a purpose. It's not just gifts for the sake of gifts, but it's for something greater. There's a bigger picture in this. So David puts on his arm and he says, I haven't tested them. I can't walk in these. And we know the story. He goes off to the brook and picks up a stone and he defeats Goliath. He didn't have all the equipment. He didn't have all the things that they might have had. But he had the power of God. You need the power of God working in your life. If you're going to do what God's called you to do, if you're going to fulfill the, the assignment that's upon your life, you don't need X, Y, Z. You need the power of God working through your life. You need to know and set yourself to one side. Set yourself apart. Dedicate your life to the service of the Lord because the anointing accompanies the call. The anointing accompanies the call. And what God will do for your life, it will be so wonderful. It will be so wonderful. Don't ever try to be like the next person. Be who God's called you to be and has anointed you to be. And sometimes you might not feel, I want to just add this, I want to add this in, you might not feel particularly anointed but it's never about what you feel it's not about what you feel but you are amen 
If you're born again, it's within you. He abides within me. Hallelujah. He abides within me. The living God now abides within me. And he calls me. He knows me my name. He knows everything about me. He's so wonderful. The anointing of God is fit for purpose. If it doesn't fit, then take it off. He doesn't put pressure on us, God. He doesn't force. But he nudges us along. He draws us. He leads us like a good shepherd. He said, my son, come this way. You've got something special inside of you that I've put there. And he knows how to bring it out of you. Amen? I had this, I've got this kind of intuition sometimes. I call it intuition. But it's something the Lord just gives me where you just know something. You just get a knowing in the knower within your heart. It becomes a desire. It becomes something that you get this sense of God. What God wants in our lives. Listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost inside your heart. He will confirm it. It won't be a stranger's voice. It won't be strange to you. It will be a familiar voice speaking, saying, this is the way. This is the way. Come. Come this way. It's not a nagging, pestering, like what we heard with Samson. It's not a forceful pressing. But it's the Good Shepherd, the voice of the Good Shepherd, saying, come this way. It's okay. It's okay. You're safe with me. Don't ever fear coming to the Lord. Don't feel insecure about giving your heart to him and dedicating your life to him. Don't think that he's going to take the toys away in your life that you play with behind doors and think you find this comfort within them. It really destroys your life. Dedicate your life to the Lord and he will set your heart free. For every bondage, every baggage, everything, the blood of Jesus has been shed for not just the purification of sin, but the freedom from the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. The anointing of God is there to empower us to live that life. To live that life. In Jesus' name. Oh, we glory in his presence this morning. He's a wonderful God. Oh, thank you, Father, for the power of the Holy Spirit in us. I pray, Father, for every person in this atmosphere that people would be obedient to that voice that call, that purpose. And in that place, you will find the power of God to perform whatever he's got for you to do in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Bless your holy name. Let's just stand and worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just stand. Just, no, let's not, let's not worship just for a second. Let's just stand. Let's just stand. Because I believe as I was speaking, there's certain things that have been prompted in people's hearts here. There's certain struggles, there's certain things that you don't tell anyone about. There's certain issues, there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes of your life. And God wants to clear out the closet. He wants to take you to a new place in Him. All it requires is for you to be completely honest before God and to come before Him. Bring your all, bring your heart, bring yourself before Him. And He will fill your life with a newness. He will wash away the old things. He will take away the guilty stuff, the stuff that you struggle with. And there's people in here that struggle with things. You've struggled 
and you've struggled with temptation, you've struggled with sin. And it's time you can be set free in this place. You can come before the Lord and find his grace and love and mercy. Just bring your life before him, be honest with God, and come before him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you want to come forward, and I'd love to pray for you, no matter what it is, I'd like you to come forward, and if you line up here, I'd love to pray for you. We could sing a song or something. In Jesus' name. Mama, my son.